0: The following speaker share from Laura G was recorded on August 26th, 2021. Well, hi, everybody. Thank you, Dottie. Uh, my name is Laura. I'm an adult child and uh, trying. I'm nervous and uh, never been taped. You know, I came out of a system that said, uh, don't talk, don't trust, don't feel. And uh, I feel like crying because it took me a, a very, very long, very long time. I like to say I'm 75 because it took me a lifetime to uh, to find myself, essentially. And uh, I also just want to say that um, my sponsor's here tonight, and I'm really grateful for him. And I have pe- friends here. I only invited 42 people. I tell you why I'm here. (laughs) And my husband is here as well. And uh, and some of you have known a really long time, Um, just a long time. So I'll just kind of start. Let's see, kind of drawing a blank, because you said, like, but just my experience, strength and hope is that um, I sort of just want to talk about the recovery, but I will say that uh, my father... You know, I grew up. Uh, I grew up in um, East LA with uh, my mother, father, and sister. And also, I just want to say, some of you that have heard my story, that I've known for, I've been in recovery for going on 27 years, and I'm in a lot of different programs. And some of you, you you could tell my story for me. So, God bless you for being here. Thanks for coming and supporting me. But. Um, yeah so um I grew up uh, in a family, you know, and uh, everybody was i don't know sort of so my dad was um he uh, he he was an alcoholic, and then I say that my mother married him, and my sister uh, pretty much uh, hated me she she just the way the structure was in a family so I'm just going to say that um, there was a lot of, uh, I don't really want to go into my story so much. I just want to talk more about like what it's like for me. And uh, I was on a meeting earlier, I meet with two of my friends, you know, and uh, I was saying that um, I I have a practice every morning, uh, a reparenting practice. And um, I'll just backtrack and say, so I've been in recovery 27 years. I'm in multiple programs. I've worked the steps in all of the programs multiple times. I've done a lot of service. I've done done a lot of things. I I came into recovery uh, actually through Al-Anon. My son was 13, and he was uh, in an outpatient rehab program for his uh, addictions. And uh, they sent me to Al-Anon, and at the time that I got here, I uh, my thinking was really messed up. I wanted to, uh, I had plans. You know, it's not to shock people. You know, I don't know. It's just being taped. But my best thinking was I wanted to kill my ex-husband. I wanted to uh, then kill my kids and then kill myself because you know, like that. That's kind of how my thinking was. And this woman named Sarah, uh, was my first sponsor. And she was in both AA and Al-Anon. And I told her that I wasn't going to work the steps, that I didn't have to. And she was um, a paralegal. She was big. And she scared me, kind of. And thank God that I had the gift of desperation because my life was really unmanageable. I had a a lot going on in the fall of 1995, I think. So I started working the steps with her. And uh, that's how my journey started. And I'm just going to fast forward, and just still pretty nervous, but um, Yeah, so through working the steps and all these programs and through, you know, like one of my closest friends is here tonight. And uh, she's and I remember going to a meeting once and announcing at the meeting, you know, I felt suicidal that day and that I needed a babysitter. And so my friend just uh, said, get in the car. And it's sort of been that whole way, this whole journey. You guys have just told me, just get in the car. You've held my hand. Another friend of mine who's here tonight, I was having a hard time. And my idea was, well, I was going to, I locked myself out of my car. And so I said, well, I'm just going to take a rock and smash the window and get into my car. And he said, well, I think How about if I just drive you home? You live about two blocks from here and get a key. And that's how it's been for me in this whole journey. You guys have held my hand and guided me and loved me and helped me one day at a time. Um, Another sponsor yesterday, it's like, these are things that, um, that might sound really small, but growing up in my household, I didn't get it. Like uh, like yesterday, one of my sponsors, uh, she said, was, I was talking about an uncomfortable situation. And she said, it was like, it's the first time I heard this in my life, she, because I have to go to this family thing. And she said, you might just be uncomfortable. I'm like, okay, I understand that. You know, in my family, I didn't want to, you know, yeah, so you guys um, have saved my life, have given me a life, and I want to really just call out my sponsor and just say um thank you so much. My sponsor Patrick. Uh call you out here tonight. <laughs> I don't care, but uh thank you so much for your love, your consistency, your uh always referring me back you have been a wonderful help and guide to me in my journey so uh there's a whole bunch of other people I could talk about I'll just say a little bit um for those of you that don't know my story uh I uh yeah so my dad was my hero I really loved my father uh I didn't know that he was alcoholic. I didn't know that he liked to uh you know, I guess cheat on my mom and not come home. I didn't know those things about my dad. What I did know about my dad was that um sometimes when he would come home, he would be violent. And I had uh, I share this one story because I really remember it. Um I had a dog, I was really afraid of dogs. My sister told me that if I didn't obey her, the dog down the street would bite my head off. And when you're a little kid, you believe stuff like that. So they got me a little French poodle, a little poodle, and I, that dog, I became very, that dog, I loved that dog. So when my dad came home one night and the dog had gone to the bathroom, he put my dog basically on a leash and took him in our backyard and swung him like a lasso around his head. And I heard the dog in, I was in the house, but I could hear the dog yelping. And I can remember shutting down to the size of a pea because I was powerless. I couldn't do anything. And I certainly wasn't going to go out and talk to my dad. So the man that I loved, my father, uh, he also, uh, I guess, when my parents decided to get a divorce, uh, when I was in the sixth grade, just going into seventh grade, I guess, and my dad had threatened my mom that if she divorced him, that he was going to kill her. And he would threaten her all the time. So my mom decided to get her own gun and go to the shooting range and take lessons. And, uh, you know, one night uh, my dad called. Anyway, and so my mom would share this stuff. You know, if your dad comes on the property, I'm going to blow his head off and stuff like that. You know, and I'm a kid. I'm a kid. So one night the... uh, what happened was my mom was boiling these hard boiled eggs and she forgot about them and they exploded and so my mom's told me your father's here he's come to kill you he's outside our house gonna kill us and i went into the den and this dr- and i sat in a chair frozen knowing i knew i knew i could tell you as if this was right now today that if I moved, if I breathed or moved, that that bullet would come through and kill me. And we were like crawling through the ha- hands and knees. This is the man that I love, my father. And after that incident, uh, they, they, set, they got this divorce. I lost that dog. I remember standing at the window. The dog got taken to another family. Uh, My sister got sent off to a Catholic boarding school because she was going down the wrong road. My mother uh, was having an affair with a man and we moved to an apartment and I entered junior high. Trust me, I didn't have a lot of skills for living. It was also a time, I'll just say this, these are traumatic times. Uh, My mom was really, really sick, just sick and mean. She was sick and mean and broken. And uh, you know, like my father too, one time they said a story and he blew like, he said, oh, do you love me or something? And somebody said, no. So he took his shotgun, he blew a big hole in their bedroom, you know? So I ended up like, uh, I wasn't gonna get up in the night to go to the bathroom. I sucked my thumb and wet my bed uh, till I was past that stage. So anyway, I'm gonna fast forward now. Um, For myself, myself, my food, my first comfort that I found was food. I became anorexic food addict. Um, I also uh, got into, uh, you know, anything to get out of myself, to ease that pain of hating myself. I use alcohol, I use drugs, just uh, people, places, things. I remember once, you know, writing this letter to God or something, writing this letter, think, you know, thinking that Hitler, my mother was Jewish, that Hitler wouldn't kill me because I was too toxic. I really, really hated myself. I looked outside of myself for, you know, for what I didn't get growing up. That's what I've been seeking for 75 years. I never felt enough. I felt like I was broken. There was something wrong with me. I just wasn't enough. So it, I've, I've been in this program, ACA, for um Well, how I got here actually was through uh, my first ACA sponsor. She was sponsoring me in a food program. And and at that time, I think I had like, I don't know, 16 years in recovery. And she was saying stuff to me like, oh, I see you're going to the pharmacy today to get your hit of shame. I'm like, where are you getting this stuff? You know, because I'd never heard this. And uh, so I said, where are you going? What, you know, I wanted to know more. She was saying stuff that was sounding good. She goes, I go to uh, San Francisco meeting, Bernal Heights at 1030 on Sunday. So I said, okay, I'm going. And I got there. And after my first meeting, I left the meeting thinking to myself, what am I doing here? I don't belong here. So, there's also this man that told me if you work these steps in ACA, maybe three or four times, work those steps three or four times, the haze might start to lift. So I work these steps. I I'm, you know, I thank God I have um I have a higher power that loves me, and, and um, I do seek a lot of different tools to get you know, uh, to love myself, to get well, to get better. And so I've done a lot of work in recovery. But um, anyway, so I work these steps. And my sponsor, who has a beautiful program, that I love his program, I could never get it. It said, you know, the solution is to become your own loving parent. But I couldn't do it. I just I had a huge critical parent, uh, but I couldn't get that loving parent. No matter what I did, no matter how many times I got on my knees, it didn't. I couldn't do it. And one day somebody told me there's going to be this workshop uh, by Bonnie M. on it's a, uh, about a loving parent. And it, I thought, well, I know everything there is, and don't tell me anything. And I do not know how I got myself to get to that meeting. God sent me to that meeting, seriously. And I got there, and I went to her workshop, and I found myself sobbing, sobbing, because I was listening to people reparent themselves and listening to the things that I wanted to hear my whole life that I've been searching and seeking for. that caught my attention. And I'm really uh, grateful for some reason. Uh, she said something about, well, you know, we're going to do something if you want more, we're going to try this. I don't know what she said. But I put my name on that list to con I said, I, you know, yeah, I in- I like to do something I'd like to hear the next lecture, you know, workshop. And in the meantime, she had sent these uh, this reparenting thing, this four step reparenting practice. And I thought, Well, I'm just going to try it. And I tried it. And I was like, Whoa, dude, this is working. This is working. I was finding the loving parent, I was connecting with a loving parent. And so I tried it again. And I tried it again. And I tried it four times and it was working. And then I said, Oh, my God, I need to make this a habit. So what I did was I decided to start a meeting after doing this reparenting thing for four times, because I wanted to practice. That's the only reason I started it. And I started a loving parent reparenting check-in practice. Some of you guys are here tonight. I, you know, and, uh, and that meeting, I think, is still going on. And then I started a Wednesday one. And then uh, that one, I kind of, I, it was only, it's a 15-minute one. I sort of just didn't want to go to it anymore. But I'm not sure if that's going. But then I, then I started, the reason I, I started this one on Fridays at noon. And the reason I wanted that is because I desperately wanted to connect with other people that are doing this reparenting. You know what I mean? i wanted to share my experience, strength, and hope. And so there's this wonderful meeting on Fridays at noon for an hour that has a speaker, a reparenting check-in, and then we get to just share. And then in addition to this, I was, um, uh, Bonnie uh, asked me if I would be a reader for the new Loving Parent Guidebook that just came out. And uh, I think she also said something about you know this might uh, impact you know like your own recovery you know being a reader kind of intellectually but what happened is it just uh, I can't even explain it to you it um, it took me to a a, a wonderful like a very deep place and just being a reader you know I have. The reason I'm so passionate, my whole message is about this reparenting check-in because I, for me, that is what worked. And I want to share about how, about that. I don't know how much time do I have left because um, I really want to share about the reparenting thing. Does anybody? Um, probably about 15, 20 minutes, Laura. Okay. Well, thank you. I want to share about the reparenting check-in practice. And I Uh, Yeah. So, you know, um, it's really changed for me the past year and a half. When I started, you know, I did it strictly from the four step practice process, you know, breathing, blah, blah, blah. And it really morphed and changed. And um, I want to share this one experience. So being in recovery a long time, working the steps a lot of times, making amends to a lot of people, uh, you know, making amends to my dad, through the reparenting check in practice through this process, my father that I loved that died with a res he didn't tell me he was in the hospital dying, he died with a resentment towards me, he came to me, you know, like, if you're not in It's a spiritual experience that I had, a burning bush experience. My drunk dad came to me. He's been dead 40 years, and he came to me. And he told me how much he loved me. And he told me that he was sober. And we were able to connect and make true amends to each other. And that is a direct result of this reparenting practice. I am forever grateful for that experience. Um, yeah. And so on a daily basis, my my reparenting check-in practice has uh, changed, you know, a lot. But I'll tell you today, I also uh, have other practices that i practice. One of them is A Course in Miracles. And my teacher is here today. I've worked with her 10 or 15 years. And I love her so much. I met her a long time ago. I said, whatever you do, I want to do it with you. And we've gone through so much together. And, you know, today, to me, uh, in my practice today, I just like to open up this book. And it said, you know, what kind of a day do you want to have today? What kind of a day? It's called the new beginning. And I opened it up and it said, you know, what kind of a day do you want to have? And and I told God what kind of a day I wanted to have. And it says, well, number one, make no decisions by yourself. And so I told God this morning what I really want, God, what I really want is i want to know that i'm worthy that's what i want to know today i want to know that i'm really worthy that's what i want to feel and that's what i want to heal and feel that and uh so i keep that page open today that make no decisions by myself if i start to get into judgment like oh you said such as you did the wrong thing my higher power is right there so i am uh how do I say it? I, I through this practice, I get told uh, I'm learning. I every day I wake up, I have like a journal. You know, I bring all my fears, all my worries, all my concerns. I bring it to to my loving parent. And it, I it, sort of like sometimes to connect. I sit in a lazy boy chair. Uh, I have a room in the house that I sit in, and I. Sometimes to connect, I just, I'll show, I go like this, you know, I'll just like go like, um, sometimes I just go, uh, uh, and I sing or I hum or I stroke my hair, I stroke my cheeks until I can feel it's my loving parent and I can feel God's presence, I feel God's love, I feel God's energy, and my loving parent thanks God for for being here. I have sort of this visualization of, um, it's a house, and it's a kitchen, and uh, we have a table, and, uh, and God uh, is there in the house, just the energy. Uh, my adult it took is there my loving parent is there my critical parent is there uh and my 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 uh wounded child who's about she's about uh I don't know, six seven eight ish and my teen and um and then I, sometimes I just sit on my loving parents uh, lap. And just some, days she just rocks me and holds me. Uh, sometimes I just, I talk to her. It took me, uh, and then she tells me the truth. She's taught me the truth of my family of origin. She's taught me about their brokenness. She's taught me about, uh, I don't have to live under, uh, they're all, my family of origin has all died. And that um, I really, you know, this program says that, uh, you know, my family, my love, I have a loving parent that is my parent. I have a new family. Uh, this adult was really, really hard for me to uh get in touch with, as was my teen. My teenager was pissed off at everyone and was, you know, she's here now, I have a picture of her, a picture, and uh, she's present in my life. It took her about six, she'd started by showing up, but being really not, she wasn't gonna talk. And after about six months, she's here, And the one that talks to her and helps her is my adult. And um, so let's see what else. And you know, yesterday, this makes me want to cry. Uh, I have a therapist, a wonderful therapist. He's a grief counselor. And um, he's a, I know he loves me. I've worked with him a long time. And yesterday, I think forget what Wednesday, yeah, yes, yesterday. He told me, uh, Laura asked makes me want to cry. He said, you know, uh, those little girls, that teenager and that little girl, you show them who you are. you show them what you've turned into. You show them because I am. I'm a really, um, I'm a very, I'm an artist. Um, pretty good. I'm, I'm a gifted artist. I'm a uh, very smart. I have a big heart. I've come a fucking long ways in recovery with all of your health. And, uh, I feel like, um, you know, that I get to tell my inner children that I have arrived. I am here. And, uh, Anyway, so I have found myself through this, you know, I and it's just my story. Anyway, I'm really happy that this this loving parent guidebook, I just want to put a thing in for it, is that the 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 chairperson, this is my opinion, had a gift, a real gift of being able to write that. It was a collaboration, you know, but to write it with the voice of a loving parent. That book to me it's a it's a deep dive i want to further get into it and explore there i have a lot of trauma still in me uh but i healed a lot and uh i do it one day at a time um I, i'm just so grateful uh you yeah anyway and uh you guys just kind of just uh just keep loving me. You know, you tell me I'm a, I'm a wonderful artist, but I, I can't hear it. You tell me I have a big heart. You tell me I'm courage. You tell me all this stuff. But a lot of it just doesn't go in. But it goes in when my loving parent, when my adult and God take care of me. Uh, the other day, my sponsor was mentioning something about, you know, I was talking a lot about this critical parent because she has a bedroom in this house. And, uh, she, we tell her, you know, she, she, her ways cause me and others a lot of pain, but, um, she still raises her head. That's my mother for sure. But, uh, but, but on a daily basis, we, uh, you know, we, we can't let her drive the bus because she will, uh. She will make my life miserable and uh, and my husband's life miserable. And uh, it's I, I, I just don't want to live that way. So um, I'm real, real grateful that I went to that Loving Parent workshop. I'm real grateful. I have some fellow travelers that I'm going to do a deep dive into the, the guidebook. And, uh, and also, I want to say, I have a quote on the back of the book. I have a quote on the back cover of a book. That is a big, and I get to tell you that. And I get to tell you that I, I'm just here, man. I'm here. I'm just here. I have arrived. Yes. And I love you. And I love myself. And God loves me. And thank you so much. And I'm going to stop. And I really want to. You can, I always love to hear you say, how much you love me? But I really want to hear, uh, you know, and also just in gratitude. Thank you. Thank you, Dottie, for asking me. Thank you for the people that are here that are my heart buds. Thank you so much for being part of my journey. I just, I'm out of the Academy Awards, you know, the white, I want to just, yay. But yeah, man, I am here. Yes. Thank you. Adios, I love you.